You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. And that's Mary. This episode is part of our series on Six the Musical. In this series, we uncover the process behind the musical through our central question. What role does history play in the storytelling of Six, a show that uses the history mix as a device? We hope you enjoy this episode. My name is Brittany Mack. I am currently playing Anne of Cleves in the Broadway show Six, the musical. Amazing. We're so excited to have you. This is our second episode in our Six series. And I'm just going to repeat for you and for all of our listeners what our central question is that we're uh, focusing these episodes on. What role does history play in the storytelling of Six, a show that uses the history mix as a device? (laughs) What I'm really excited for in this episode in particular is that a lot of what we do on Page to Stage is highlighting folks in the industry that we often don't hear from. And most of the time, those aren't like principal actors on Broadway. We hear from them pretty often. You're the first person to join us on Page to Stage to discuss the process of playing a principal role in a Broadway show. And what I find so interesting about Six's storytelling is that you guys all take turns being individuals in the spotlight and then also work seamlessly as an ensemble. So I'm wondering if you could just jump in and speak about what you did to prepare for the audition for Six and how to stand out as that individual, but also speak to if they had you guys read together for anything to like match chemistry. (laughs) Um, First of all, thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. Um, The short of it is um, I didn't know anything about the show uh, coming into the process. I had no idea what the show was, who wrote it, why they did it, and why it was important. To be perfectly honest, I did a general's I came in for the general's call for uh, Chicago Shakespeare Theater. I am from Chicago, born and raised on the South Side. And so I was, uh, it was the eighth and last audition of the day. And so uh, I just went in for The Wizard of Oz. I was like, yes, I know the choreographer. I'm a shoo-in. Let's go. And I was going to get my munchkin on. But then they kept asking me to keep singing. And then was like, you know what you do? The thing is, you know, as an actor, you go in the audition room and you'd be like, you know, I just did that, nailed it. And they were like, "Hmm, do you have anything else? And I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? Um, Because I just nailed that. So that's kind of how I felt. Um, And then I kept singing and singing. They wanted to hear different genres and different things from me. And it was uh, very interesting. I mean, my book is very vast. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, but now it's turning into a concert and I feel like I should be getting paid. Um, So it was a little bizarre. By the time we got to callbacks with sheet music, I I was like, get what? Get down. Get down where? What is this? And still hadn't had the, I literally, I'm so smart, you know? I don't know if you know. I had no idea that, like, what this monster was, how it was what it was or anything like that. So that to say, by the time I get uh, get down and I got callback material for Don't Lose Your Head, I was kind of like, oh. Okay, uh, dear Siri, uh, Google, um, Alexis, what's your name? I need to know what this what this is. So by the time we got to that, I I saw uh, the concert that they did at the Edinburgh Fringe, and I was like, okay, so it's just a bunch of like really dope chicks singing a song. Okay, that was literally all the information I had was these like very regular looking women singing something about Henry VIII, and you knew it was based on the history. No, 
No? Okay. No. Were you familiar with like the story of Henry VIII from like, like I mean, middle yeah, school? Yeah, from like tutors and stuff like that. From the tutors. Yeah. Literally, that's it. And I mean, we knew about Anne Boleyn. Like, though, yes, I know enough history to know, but the concept is not like anything you've ever imagined. Right. And so um, I was like, oh, this is kind of cute. This is a big deal. Okay, let me just add Spotify. And then I saw the music on there and I was like, I'm not listening to it. I don't want to do it. Was there a reason why you chose specifically not to listen to the music? Because automatically you're like subconsciously influenced, right? Um, And so I listened to everyone else's, all the other songs. And um, so I was, but you still really don't really know what the show is. And I say that now on the other side of it, right? La la la, all of that to say, we get to final callbacks and I'm looking around like, Wait, I'm in final callbacks with half of these Broadway. Wait a minute, what's happening here, right? So you've got like Adriana Hicks, you've got Anna Uzele, you've got, you know, Catherine's there. Um, oh God, what is that other child? Everybody, everybody and their aunties was there and their cousins and their little sisters, everybody. And so it was, what was cool was, it's the callback situation was incredible. If you were called back for Anne Boleyn, all the Anne Boleyns went in together. If you were called back for Anne of Cleves, you all the queens went in together. So there was not like listening at the door, like, hmm, are they going to sing down? No, you're going to just see and we'll see how creative you are. Right. So mind you, we sang last. So so going into these callbacks, doing this stuff, I never forget seeing Andrea Macassette sing Don't Lose Your Head. And baby, when I tell you. This girl, first of all, her heels were like the height of her legs, okay? And I was like, come on, quads, let's go, calves. Serve me this ponytail. What's about to happen here? So, as you know, all the music has backgrounds, ooh, hoos, and all of that stuff. So, as the waiting queens or the ladies in waiting, <laughs> um, you're welcome. As these women waiting for our turn, if you would, um, <laughs> We were each other's backup. And I will never forget, Andrea went up there. And when I tell you she did the dog on thing, I was like, I literally, she sang and I was like, you better glass go. Like, out of, because I'm a professional. But I couldn't help it. I could not help it. Like, that's how good it was. And, and she was just like, she like transformed. It was incredible. And then she was like, okay. And just sat down and I was like, I don't want to sing. I don't want to sing. And um, all that to say, so I went in, I went up and did my, my Anne Boleyn thing. Then Anne of Cleves came and, um, you know, it, it starts with, you know, sitting here all alone, right? And so everyone was like, may I use a chair? May I use a chair? Here's the thing. We had just danced for like, I don't know what felt like 37 hours. I was, they were like, Brittany, do you want a chair? I said, no, because if I sit down, I'm not getting back up. And I was dead serious. And those are the words that came out of my mouth. They laughed hysterically and said, okay. And then we're in rehearsals. So here we are. Like it it was kind of a blur like that. It was about building each other up and encouragement. It was about the illusion that the theater community gives off. That's what it was. It was about we, we, there's this illusion, right? That, oh, theater people all are the same because that's why they're all theater people and they all love each other and love is love and all of this stuff. And it's really not, right? There's a lot of tension in our cast of theater folk. And so, but for once, for once in my entire history of being on stage, which is a long time, um, I was in the room with, so there wasn't any 
side sass. You couldn't do that. Either you were there to support each other as women and as human beings or not. And, and, or of course, other things like you weren't what they're looking for, all these different things, right? So then um, what was interesting was I, I, I remember thinking, and we were all sitting there like, could y'all believe that that just happened? It was like, it was crazy. It written, I remember, I mean, I'm sitting next to Adriana Hicks. I'm across from Andrea Mackeset. I'm diagonal from Anna Uzele. Little did we know we would all be working together, but it was this understanding that like, y'all, that was really cool. And thank you for your support. And thank you for your support. And you better, and you better, and you better, because we were all in the same room. So you couldn't do anything, but really just like hype each other up. It gave you the energy. The room was there for you, even if the table was weird behind the table, right? But having this group of women there, like, girl, listen, if you don't get it, I'm gonna get it. If we don't get it, they gonna get it. Let's go. And that's what was special about this entire process. And doing that, you knew whatever this show was, whether you knew about it or not, that it was going to be magical. And like, that's what the show is about too, exactly. which is even more magical looking exactly. back. Exactly. <laughs> which I was like, oh, ah ha ha. And Toby, I never forget, Toby said, honestly, Brittany, I knew that I wanted to work with you after Andrea sang. When she sang and you were rooting for her like that and you didn't really kind of care about the rest of the room or what anyone thought and it was so genuine, he said, I was like, oh, Where's she from? And they were like, she's from here. She's from Chicago. And he was like, oh, my God, I love it, honestly. So, you know, I was like, oh, thank you. know, you Because you want to know what people think of you in the room. What ooh, Was that a little too much? Whatever. It's just who you are is enough. I think that's so powerful, too, that, first of all, that you were all in the rooms. And the first thing as you were talking, the first thing that came to mind was like, oh, the energy must have been, like, unreal. Like, bananas. <laughs> unstoppable <laughs> i mean i mean what, what what we saw on stage you know in march 2020 um the other thing i was going to say was that i think what you just said about how it's not always your talent it's it's it can be about your your energy that you're giving off and, and your personality i think that is crucial for anyone not just young people in the industry yes. but anyone in the industry to learn from because this is such a small community and we only get where we are from the people around us. You know what I mean? Yes. So I love that. I love that. That's so really cool. I wanted to just talk briefly. So we talked with Kevin in our last episode, Kevin McCollum, about the the touring of it all, of all the different venues that you guys ended up playing at prior to landing on Broadway. So you were performing the same show. You, were, you had the same blocking, I'm assuming, and choreography for all the different stops along the way. What was it like doing that in the different venues? Um, it, it was very different, right? It's it's like going on a tour. Um, I got a chance to join like the Memphis tour, Jeez uh, uh, Louise, two lifetimes ago. And I'll never forget, you know, what that experience was picking up a show and putting it in different venues. It's not the same show, right? Spacing may be different. And, and um, for those of you who have seen the show, you're aware of this like epic, opening kabuki thing, fabric thing that hangs, that blows in the wind. And the kabuki is like literally the seventh queen, okay? Like she has her own way of operating. She do her thing. And I'd be like, girl, she temperamental today. So, so even with just dealing with that, just the first aspect of the show or spacing or different things like that was very different. Also, Chicago Shakes, because we did the show in the yard, um, it, it, I mean, you're talking straight vertical, straight up. 
all the way up. And you're just, you're like, okay. So then to go to somewhere like ART, where it's a little more straight out, then you go to, you know, uh, 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 we went to the Citadel, which was, you know, your standard proscenium up and out. We, it was a lot of differences and variables that we have to consider because it is very much so like going to a regular concert. So we want to connect with everyone. And that is a part of our blocking. That was the other thing with casting and understanding what this show is, is that it's not about a fourth wall. There is no wall. We are there to tell our stories to you. And it's a competition and may the best story win. And I'm just going to say I always win, but that's neither here nor there, guys. It's not about a competition. It's about love and loving each other and support. <clears throat> no, it's not. So we... So, so, so the different venues kind of makes you... Um, it, it challenges you in a way that engaging doesn't become stale, right? And so to engage means to really invest and shift your focus and things like that. I didn't get a chance to go to the Ordway, um, which was one of the largest houses that um, the Queens got to play um, because I was injured. So that was an experience that I didn't really get to have. Um, but Nicole, Nicole Lambert, um, she is everything on legs and she got a chance to cover cleaves um for the entire uh run of the show uh at the ordway and she just knocked it out the park and so talking to her about it she was like girl listen oh my gosh but it's nice to have even for her to be able to have that experience and be able to play because she also went on in every city as well i'm not an actor i'm not a performer i I have so much respect for actors and all that they do. One of the, one of them being the energy that you have to give off. I mean, thinking about obviously playing in the same house eight times a week, but also having to play different size houses over the course of a year or so. Um, do you find that you feel pressured to give off more energy for a larger house or adjust your performance based on the energy that you're reading? Or do you always feel like it's like 150,000% all the time? Um, speaking for myself, uh, regardless to how I'm feeling, sick, not sick, can't feel my toes, injured, um, because I have been injured since Chicago. So even at ART and even um, at the Citadel, I was, you know, you just make it happen. Um, because then you find out you're on this show that's on its way to Broadway. So you, you know, all that actor uh, insecurity starts to kick in, unfortunately. How some never. No, I'm not speaking strictly for myself. I'm not a person that can do less than what I do. I just kind of do my thing, to be honest with you. I black out and then I come to. Um, and so, and, and, and so even not feeling well or whatever, you know, these are my sisters that I'm sharing the stage with. So, I get my energy from them. And if they're doing their thing, I can't help but if I'm supposed to be your backup, right, or your support, then I got to support. I can't be like, do y'all think shouty? And I'm just like marking in the background, right? And so um, that, and that is the show itself, the momentum of the show depends on support. And that's one thing when you are there to support someone, you have to be there 100% or don't be there at all. Right. And so that's literally what this show is set up to do, to pull out that like real supportive person that um, 
we, that I think we all should be when the time comes, right? And so the songs go through so many different emotional roller coasters that depending on where we are that day, you know, women, whoo, Lord, time of the month, um, you know, breakups, family stuff, all of this stuff, we need it, right? And so it, it, it becomes that. So you really can't, you, the universal you, in my opinion, um, anyone, any uh, actor striving, anything to be a part of the six umbrella, there's no way to like half ass at all. If you take us back to like when you first got cast as your queen, what were the first steps that you took in terms of actually like delving in and doing research? Or did you just want to wait until you got in the room with everybody and with the directors and, and the whole creative team? When I first got cast, I was in New York City on 8th Avenue on my way to dig in after my callbacks for my JC. favorite. Listen, after my callback for uh, the JCS tour, I got the confirmation that like they were going in another direction. I was like, love that going to eat on my way. I got an email that was like, congratulations. And I collapsed like right in front of Food Emporium. So what is that like 50th kind of right there? Um, and I just like collapsed in the middle of the street. And, um, and I was with my friend Kenneth and he was like, if you don't get out of this street and I was laughing and he said, what happened? I said, I booked six. Now, again, not knowing this was going to Broadway. Um, but, but I remember, I remember being like, this is it. Like, this is it. Whatever this goes, whatever this does that, yo, I'm so psyched. Right. Because the swagger of the song itself puts you in a mindset, whether you knew who she was or not, of what she was going to be. Right. If this is her solo, I was like, that's that's Southside Chicago all day. I could do that. That's fine. I didn't do anything else, but kind of just get it in my system. I listened to six on loop and I listened to, um, um, mm, mm, one, one of the finale. And so you could tell I'm in the show. Um, <laughs> so I remember going into rehearsals and we, and I'm looking at everybody. We all looked at each other. And we went ah! like that because we were incredibly blown away by, by being a part of this project. Um, and then I remember we did like a, like a little mm, table read, if you would. Um, and kind of walk, talk through, spoke through the songs as much as we thought we knew. And I, I was like, yo, this is so cool. This is just so cool. So I liked going in blind that that was not an issue for me because then I was really able to kind of put my stamp on who she was, um, to me, right. Who she is in America, uh, who she is telling this story. Our show is actually very different than the West End. The language is different. They'll say like, um, and don't lose your head when he, when she goes, and she goes, uh, mate, just shut up. I wouldn't be such a, if you could get that. So she goes, I think in our show, she goes, bro, you know what I mean? Like it's the slight little bitty things, those little nuances that make it the West End cast that make it the American cast. Right. Um, and, and certain options and things that we do vocally. So had I believe that had I dove into the world of six, I would not have I would not have had the mental space to create whatever I wanted her to be. You know, I think it's harder to unpack a bag than to pack a bag like that so yeah i like that did you did you go into any of the history of the actual of course we did are you kidding me we are toby and lucy were like fresh out of cambridge like are you like 
they are still students. They're like, yeah, we just graduated yesterday. So here we are, guys, honestly. Um, so we're going to do a project. Like we were legit doing projects. And it was like, I want you to go. I want you to find out like what animal your queen would be if she was an animal. Like we did full of presentation. What animal did you choose for, for your character? Oh, I don't freaking remember. I do remember... <laughs> I do remember that the question was like, if your queen was like a seasoning or something, what would she be? And I remember saying that Cleves is cumin or cumin, depending on how you want to say it, because cumin is the that special flavor in taco seasoning that people love so much, but they don't really know what it is. And they're like, what? I don't know what, God, these tacos are so good, right? And But it's a slip thing about the seasoning, but cumin or cumin, depending on how you say it, is that very special ingredient that people use for tacos and everybody loves tacos. I don't care what you want to put in it, vegetables, a pescatarian, paleotarian, aeritarian, vegetarian, whatever-tarian you want to be, everybody loves tacos. So I was like, Cleves is, is the secret sauce in tacos and everyone loves her by the time the show is over, whether you know of her story or not. That is a great question to ask actors. What, ah, love it. What seasoning? Yeah. <laughs> Cause there's so many, there's so many seasonings. It's enough to make you feel some kind of way, but yeah. Because you guys were doing it in the States, you changed some of the language and, and things about Americanizing it a little bit. Um, how much of the process was your own and your version of the, of Anne of Cleves? Um, a lot, a lot of it. And a lot more than I thought. Um, and it, it was funny because there was one point where they were like, we were so tired and we're so at the point of giving them what they want that they were like, okay, guys, so we need, you know, those incredible women that we cast, we need y'all to come back. We need y'all to like come back to these characters and like, all, all we want you to do is just like put this little jacket on, right? The, the objective is to tell the story tell their story as yourself. But in, so, so, so the goal is right. The, the difficult part is you want to become these Queens, right? But what you realize is you can't really become the, the queen without having the rest of them. All of their stories are so intertwined. You learn that like, you know, Anne of Cleves, she lived, she outlived all of the Queens, even though, even though it said that um, Catherine Parr was the survivor. Um, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, girl, do your thing. History would tell us that Anne of Cleves outlived everyone. And so um, that she was there at, at um, Queen Elizabeth's, Anne Boleyn's daughter, Queen Elizabeth's coronation, that she was there for, like, her and Catherine Howard actually, you know, may or may not have had a thing. And or just was, like, the best of friends. Or both. Who knows? But that they were very close, right? And so um, so it's, it's very interesting that once you come see the show and you start to see the relationships that we as actors have with each other, it's important to have that because these women actually did have relationships. They knew each other. Catherine of Aragon, uh, you know, the first queen and Anne Boleyn, they knew who each other were. She was like, oh, you the, you the hell for sleeping with my husband. I, oh, God, right? And just was freaking out. And she was like, yeah, I'm her. Who gonna check me? Nobody. Swerve, right? And so, and so it was just this interesting, everyone knew each other all. So it wasn't a secret. So having that relationship with each other, 
having um, the history of it all made it that much easier to connect, made it that much easier to bring these women to life. Learning the history of it was just to, just so we could resurrect them, if you would, the Lazarus effect, give them life, but new life because we're retelling their stories from their perspective. They're all the history tells us is from King George's or uh, King Henry's perspective, right? And a bunch of male perspective, even what they look like is from whose perspective? Hans Holbein. So uh, did she look like that or no? You know, were they porcelain and stunning? Yeah. Okay. But did they really look like that? Or was that his perspective? So casting wise, to have a black girl from the south side of Chicago with my locks, right, my natural hair to play a German queen who actually existed, you know, Toby, Lucy, like they are so far ahead of their time, but not really because why aren't we doing that now anyway? Ugh. So it's very interesting that uh, that their their concept isn't a new concept at all. It's just kind of what it should be, right? The storytelling of it, that us learning the history allows us to tell the story of these women with that much more clarity and that much more conviction. So if I'm saying, you know, Henry, you you said that I tricked you because I didn't look like my profile picture. So, so then we're talking about, you know, the pressures of looks, you know, something that fades, that men, women, that all of us deal with, right? So that's when it starts to kind of tap into what we all deal with. Why are these things something that we are still dealing with now? Like all of these things. So it's it's freaking brilliant. It's brilliant. But learning the history of it allows us to tell it with that much more conviction and clarity. Yeah. I mean, when, when we saw it, right before the shutdown, I didn't know. I mean, I, I knew of Anne Boleyn, but mm-hmm. I didn't really know any really detail on any of the other queens. And I did not know. I did not listen to the music beforehand. I did not know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> but there, we like sat, you know, like, <laughs> I don't even, I don't remember, we sat somewhere in the orchestra. I don't we remember. We sat but really I good house seats. <laughs> yeah, we did. We really did. Oh, <laughs> so like, you were oh not God. ready. You weren't ready. I was not ready. I was but not also, ready. Like, everyone around me was very well re- like they were so ready. <laughs> but the the like the thing that didn't surprise me, but the thing that I like still kept with me after we left was the fact that these the things that each of the queens were talking about are still relatable. Like they're still like, you know, like what you were just saying about the looks, I was like it's genius that they were able to take something like a portrait but then like you know associate it with like you know dating apps or you know swiping left and right and i was like what like yes it's (laughs) it's incredible and then and then it's like you hear so on the sound on the recording it's like uh house of holbein seems to come out of nowhere right but then when you watch the show you're just like shut up it does it furthers the story so far ahead and then it's like oh wait that is the connection of all so this one man gave us the visual perspective of all of these women. And if you look at the portraits that he did, are do all the women not really kind of look alike, you know? And so what what was that about, right? And so it just, I mean, it just kind of, it, it, it's mind boggling when you think of that or you just think of the writing itself, how clever it is. It's clever, it's intriguing. And um, we were in, we were at the, I think we were at the Citadel and there was, uh, uh, we had a Q&A afterward and an audience member, he was German and he was like, 
are any of you from Germany? And I was like, <clears throat> uh, no, nah. I know y'all got black Germans, but I'm not a black German. Sorry, my bad. And he was like, because your German accents were good. And we cracked up. We thought it was so funny because we, I mean, when I tell you we worked on it and I'm still working on it, you know, and it it's one of those things where to get those like little doses, little affirmations and little things like, no, no, y'all, okay, keep going. Y'all doing that. And it's just like, oh. Because German's not easy. It is not easy. I took yeah. it for, I think I took it for five years and I couldn't tell you anything that I learned. Like, I don't even know what's happening most <sighs> of the time. And I'm just like, oh, hi, what? Say it one more time in my left ear because I can't win my right. I don't know what's happening. So it's, it's, it's a good, it, it's one of those things where we had our work cut out for us. And you, you don't think that in this little 75 minute little bop bop, you know, nonstop, top to bottom, let's go. You know, I'm just like, there's no break, right? We don't leave the stage. And so what I like about it is there's no let up of the story because the things that these women went through, there was no let up in the timeline, right? It's just like, bam, 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 bam. And Henry was just wilding. He was wilding out, just woman after woman after woman. Sir, what you, no, you deserve these ulcers because you was tripping. So you, you talk about this show like this like this big marathon because it truly is. I'm wondering as an actor, and maybe this has been different with other shows versus six, but once you're up and running uh, performing the show, do you typically continue to train voice lessons, dance, acting classes, or, or do you just consider the show as your gym? <laughs> uh, I think it depends. I am very much so an athlete to my core, so I have to run or do some type of like additional cardio, if you would. Um, not because I'm a perfectionist by any means, but simply because the show is just gonna kind of, you're gonna mm, peak, right? You're gonna just kind of come to a point physically, especially if you're using it for that. Um, also this show, uh, and I'm just speaking for myself, vocally is challenging and not. It's challenging because it's very low for me. I am a soprano all day long. Ah, surprise. So, you know, my like, ooh, was like to be the first Black Galinda. Like, that's what my goal was. But that's okay, Brittany Johnson. I see you, girl. You could be um, the second. <laughs> listen, okay. or, or you could be the first full-time. But, no, but really, But though. really. No, but, because Glinda's not a real... Anyway, so um, it's one of those things that, uh, <clears throat> it's one of those things, I just, if I had some tea, I would have slurped, but I don't have any. Um, but it, it's one of those things that um, vocally, I do have to continue to kind of work on uh, myself to keep my stretch that I do have, that I work so hard for, and um, maintain my top because I'm so on the bottom and middle. I am like in the cellar with the wine, like that, it's low. So, yeah, I mean, the wine is good, so I'm fine, but... That's got to be so good for your top, though, because they say if you... What you got down the... there, you got up there, yes. It, it's nice because I've never had this much range in my bottom. It's still... Um, it's still hard to mm, find the resonance of it all. So that's that's what we're working on now um, and marrying my speaking voice to... Uh, my singing voice. Um, so we're figuring that out in, in the middle of it all. But it's it's fun. It's fun. That's really interesting, especially because it was 
you know, you got to think about people's like singing voices versus their speaking voices. And that, that, that's really interesting, especially like when you talk about how it was first written and um, did they change any keys for anybody? Was it like that kind oh, of yeah. process? Oh, okay. yeah. When I say that it's complete, like, I guess the only difference is that we didn't originate the show here. Right. But that's how different it is. Um, there are some nuances and things that we have done. Uh, little playing bits and stuff that are just true to us as people like me, like me and Sam. Sam is like my soul sister. So, and we just like, we just like screw around on stage. Okay. It's just, it really is just like, guys, are you going to work today? And we're just like, well, get out of here. We're working, we're working. So, but we're not, we're just goofing around. So there's this bit we do, um, and don't lose your head. I think it is in one of the, one of the songs. Nope. Nope. Where is it? Uh, drop. Yes. And don't lose your head. And I grabbed her ponytail recently when the West End opened back up. I saw a photo of them doing the same thing that we were doing. And I was like, now who, which one of y'all went over there and told them that that's what we was doing and y'all thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that, right? It's, it's, it's that whole thing. Also, that ponytail is so long. Like, I just want to touch it all the time. Like, let's be, we all just like want a Howard ponytail just to like, twirl around um but so yeah so so it's really cool to to be able to have our shows are are definitely individual and i think independent of each other same show yes sure but independent culturally independent vocally because my get down is a whole is a half step it's a half step raised it's raised a half step um and then um, you know, there's some other little surprises in there. You know, Andrea takes the option up at the end of Don't Lose Your Head. You know, Abby Mueller, like, don't even, I can't even be bothered with, I, I, there's not enough time to talk about what makes her song her own. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's that, you know, um, the remix, there are certain things in the show that are just very different that we've changed. You know, it, it's our, uh, what we call our Broadway glow ups. Right. We get to Broadway and it's just like, oh, so now, y'all, this is where we at. And we're just like, what? OK, well, we shock ourselves, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So when did you guys find out that you were going to be coming back? Uh, there was no shadow of a doubt from our creative team at all. So we knew when we when the shutdown happened, it was like, don't worry, guys, we'll be back. And we just stood on that. Love and that. we as in Broadway and we as in our show. No shade. Not to be like over cocky about it, but yeah. No, no, no. No, I love that. And I have heard Kevin say that before. And I love Kevin had said last week that um, or last episode that that the other musicals that are opening are going to let you guys have as, as it should be. You're going to be the first musical to open back up officially in terms of, you know, new musicals, which I, I love. And I was hoping that was going to be the case um, because you guys definitely deserve it. Uh, so do you know any, po- any point of like um, – I don't even know how to broach this because it's so it's so new to all of us of like how do we get back into the swing of things? Like we're going to have to go back into rehearsals. Do you, do you know what that process is, is shaping out to be? You know, to be honest, it, it's one of those things that and, – and Kevin words it wonderfully well. It's one of those things that we're all kind of waiting on bated breath um, because it can change every day, right? And, and you know, from the production side, making sure that, you know, 
14 unions are, are uh, satisfied, happy, and not just to please the unions, but to please the people who are, you know, are employees associated with these unions, right? And to make sure that everyone feels safe coming back. So I will tell you, um, as far as as far as I know, for six uh, Broadway, the first thing that we are looking forward to is to come back and just check in with each other. That's the first thing we're doing. Um, yeah, we we're going. We having a sit down, and we're just like. So hi, my name is Brittany. How y'all doing? I will be playing Anne of to reintroduce, right? Because the fact of the matter is, we don't know each other. We really don't, you know. And and to to meet each other on the ground level of I don't, it's crazy, but like humanity, you know what I mean? It's like bizarre the concept. <laughs> but uh, to 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 come together as human beings and be like, hey, what's up? So how are you feeling? We've had people um, in in under the six umbrella lose family during these times I have, you know, um, and, and so we're not going to be the same people with the same, you know, I, you're talking however many thousand dollars of debt and back rent. Hey, my name is Brittany. Like this is just real factual things, right? The, the effects that this last year has had, not to mention, you know, the, the murder of Breonna Taylor that is still, I don't know, in limbo for whatever reason, uh, that conviction and, and, you know, George Floyd and all of those things that, and, and everything else that happened as, as, as we went on through this year and, you know, not just black people, not just people of color, but Everyone, everyone. And I, I, we had a meeting and I was like, I just need to just address the PTSD in the room because it's going to be a thing. And we never know when that's going to strike. Right. We never know when because Glinda is up there singing, you know, uh, I couldn't be happier. Right. There's a kind of a sort of cost. Like, oh my God, that hits a little differently after a global pandemic than it did before, right? And, you know, it, we've experienced so much that people kind of don't experience emotionally in a lifetime. So for six, and, and those of us under the six umbrella, you know, we are coming back with, uh, um, Kevin says, uh, a backpack full of um, grace, you know, understanding um, and uh, not just empathy um, and not just sympathy, but wanting to literally have the lens of, oh, let me put on your lens real quick. Let me try, actually try. We will never fully understand what each other has been through. I will never fully understand what it means to be a white male producer on Broadway that paycheck that like money is just like whoo and you're just like uh, what what the responsibility that that is right so I think perspective is what's been missing in this entire thing and so now that we're coming back we have an opportunity to use perspective as the floor to kind of start to take these steps forward. Um, and I like to say, um, move forward to Broadway as opposed to come back to Broadway. Cause what was back, we should leave it back there. It was a little bit of a hot ass mess, but if we move forward to a new Broadway, right. To new light, then we could actually be that community that people think we are. And I'm, it's not abracadabra, right. It's not bippity boppity boop. Um, is, is, it's not, you know, Huzzah, but uh, active. It can still be active. And that's all people want to see. That's all our, our, our 
Asian brothers and sisters want to see active towards their safety. That's all black and brown people want to see more of us because we know they're there, but like, can we just for a second, right? Um, We just want to see it activate button go and then keep forward movement and momentum. Um, and, and I think, I think coming back, you know, to Broadway, that, that concept, I think there are, there's weights and baggage that comes with that. But if we move forward and we can kind of leave that stuff where it is, um, you know, pack rather than unpack, right? Pack a backpack of grace, understanding, and and a fresh new perspective of the effects that this is going to have on people and that it may hit at any given time and that, you know, we just need each other. We really do. So I think, I think um, moving forward to Broadway and having those things, that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited to be the, to actually be a part of the Broadway that as a kid, we thought it was the magic, you know, the seasons of love. We genuinely, we all thought like, oh, we all hug each other and stand on stage and hold hands. Like that's what we thought Broadway was. Not that the business isn't what it is, not that all the, and all the things, right? So, but that's where perspective I think comes from, right? And a little grace for either side in order to actually have a conversation move forward. So I'm excited about that. Amazing. Thank you for I me. Mean, thank you for sharing all that. One of the things yeah, all of that, that. <laughs> like came to my mind too is that you know, we've been very patient waiting for the last, you know, year plus, but I also think what I have def- certainly have forgotten is that once we get to the, you know, to the openings again, there's going to be a little bit more patience that's going to have to we're going to have to ride on. And I just that I have to keep reminding myself you know, patience is going to have to keep, you know, keep us moving through as well. So I love the the moving forward too is, is perfect. And it's a great mindset to be yeah. in. Yeah. So it's good it's, stuff. Yeah. It's, it's like a campaign, you know, <laughs> start that campaign. <laughs> um, Mary, should we move into our lightning round? we end all of our episodes with like a little lightning round and it's just like quick little things like you don't have to worry you don't have to say it fast it's we're not timing you we're just not going to like respond very much to the to the answers we're just going to say them and uh you're going to answer them hopefully okay some people like get stunned and they're like they like stunned by the fact that we say lightning and they're like i can't even answer this i can't pass pass (laughs) I'm I'm like low key like all of a sudden I got gas like I don't really know what's happening but like I'm very excited so <laughs> it's great it's great go. it's gonna be great you're gonna do great it's gonna I'm be ready. fine I'm gonna give Brian, you the you like, first question is what is one thing in the theater industry that confuses you what a producer is like what so, they do so Brit Brit Brittany just said that she hasn't listened to our episode with Kevin McCollum with Kevin. <laughs> And like, even though I've even sat with him and he's like, yeah, Brittany. So, and what I love about Kevin is that he's very transparent. Right. And he's like, you know, and, and he, he speaks for those who don't understand, like in layman's terms. Right. And I love that. I listen, I'm sitting there. I just did the things I, but I don't, it doesn't. I mean, Mary works for a producer and I have, we've had three producers on the podcast now and I still almost don't know what they do still. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, like I get it, but like, do I? Getting fragments oh, here. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. Cause everybody's different, but that's, that's, that's what it is. Every, every, and because um, we had a general manager, actually we had a couple people on who were like, every show is a startup business. You're going to have a yeah. different boss everywhere you go. 
it's good. They're going to run that business differently. So I feel like it's just that mindset that we, we're just, you're never going to get it. So see, Brian, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. Okay, good. It's not our fault. Thank you. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Lightning. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to explain. No, no, no. That, 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 was, on, that was Brian. That was Brian. <laughs> um, what are three adjectives that describe your ideal working environment? Okay. Uh, turn up fun, professional AF, and uh, just like just like 100. Is there something about your process that you find unique to you? In any show that I'm in, I have this thing where I'm, when I'm on my way to the theater and or as uh, soon as I get off whatever transportation I'm on, train, bus, whatever, uh, car, I call my mom. And there's, I think there's a comfort to talking to her. She's like, you at the theater? Uh-huh. So what? Hey, every, and like everybody in the space talks to her. And, and, and it's not like she's like some just little cute little old little black lady. My mom is sassy as fuck. She's just like the cutest thing you've ever seen. And everybody be like, hey, mom. And I'm just like, she's mine. Um, so I, I talk to my mom. And believe it or not, it serves as a warm-up for my voice. Um, way better than singing ever doing a bunch of scales or buzzing or whatever ever could. So yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. What is one job in the theater industry that you would trade jobs with for one week? Casting. Mm, that's a good one. What is the impossible dream role of yours that might not actually be impossible? Uh, Im impossible is like I, I would love to, uh, okay. I would love to either play, um, uh, Usnavi or uh, In the Heights was the first show I saw on Broadway uh, for free. Somebody paid for me to go, which was insane. Thank you, uh, Donna and John from Missouri. Um, so I would love to have played Usnavi or I would love to play uh, Jimmy in Thoroughly Modern Millie. Ooh. <sighs> Needs to happen. Okay. Um, <laughs> what is one hobby you have outside of theater? I craft and refinish furniture. Oh, I love that. I need picks. Um, <laughs> do you have any books or resources that you find helpful to you in your process? Um, guided meditation to sleep. Um, uh, and um, books. I read, I read my Bible a lot. Um, and, and in addition to my Bible, I also have uh, like the Four Elements book. And so there are a bunch of different... Um, my mom... Um, I, I am a believer, but my mom is raised us to be very well-rounded in religions. Um, and so, uh, you know, my mom told me who, you know, taught me who RuPaul was when I was like, I don't know how, you know, she was like, watch this movie. And that's RuPaul. Let's talk about drag queens. Let's talk about what it means to be gay, you know, things like that. So I have, um, like this, this journal book thing that I've kind of kept, um, through my life that when I'm feeling where, that I don't know who I am, a little less grounded, I go back and it's like things that my mom have told me over time, my grandma, friends, people that I've worked with, just like little quotes and little things. And you know, when people give you those clothes and night cards, um, they're like mm -hmm. in that. So it's not necessarily a scrapbook, but it's just one of those things to kind of help you bring you back to earth, remind you who you are, right? It's very Lion King-esque of me now that I'm thinking about it, but it, it gives me that, um, that groundedness. And also, I mean, Jolene, she's not a book or a, a podcast or anything, but my pup Jolene, she's the best. Oh, 
I love that name. That is such an adorable name for At a first dog. I thought you were talking about the Dolly Parton song. I was like, when I listen to Jolene, it really grounds me. It really grounds me, guys. You know, something about being a home wrecking hussy really just brings it all home for me. Nope. Nope, my dog. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, our final question is, what's your favorite part of the development process of a new show? Rehearsals. Always, 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 always. Um, because rehearsals, people pull out all the stops. And it's it's the go big or go home part of the process. And um, mm-hmm. you get to really see what people are like actually made of, like their artistry from the inside out. Um, and there's no like big eyes or little U's in rehearsals. Everybody's just kind of like, and then you're so wowed by people's artistry, right? Like somebody does something, you'd be like, sing the song, I pray you. Uh, and, and it's just like, you're just like, what just happened? Or someone's, you're just like, oh my God, you're really funny. And thank you for being funny. So it's, it's, it's the rehearsal process. You really get to see who people are, which is nice. Love it. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, can you just tell everybody where to find you on social media, all that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Please find me on Instagram only at um, Brit Mac, B-R-I-T-T, Mac, M-A-C-K, and the number eight. Um, and from there, I have my workshop page, which is How to Slay You. How to Slay, H-O-W-2-T-O, Slay, S-L-A-Y, and the letter U is my workshop series um, where we focus solely on growing um, our youth artists from the inside out. Um, and so, that's really fun too so find me on instagram say hey amazing i'll put all that information in the description notes as well for anyone who wants to check that out yeah thank you so much thank you thanks everyone for listening to this episode of page to stage to keep up with us you can find us on instagram and facebook at page to stage podcast if you enjoyed this conversation we have other episodes with theater makers from six the musical check them out until next time that's brian that's mary we'll see you later Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.